Welcome to the Cross Screen and In Between podcast, brought to you by Evoquip. Hello everybody and welcome back to the next instalment of the Crush Screen and In Between podcast. Uh, I'm Michael. Hi all, I'm Andrew. Hello, I'm Declan. Um, and yeah, uh, thanks very much for joining us again. Um, I suppose we'll start off with a bit of feedback from the first podcast. Uh, so I'm actually quite surprised with the, the feedback we've got and uh, how positive it's sort of been. Yeah, yeah, we got a bit of abuse, um, <laughs> probably deservedly, but sure that comes with a territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised at the amount of people, sort of, you know, even with outside of industry, have listened to it and I've been chatting to, and mm-hmm. you know, um, they've actually got very interested in it and what what we actually do here. Yeah, like even talking about looking at the analytics side of things, like we had a fairly. Like we were positive enough about the numbers that we received, but even we had a lot of people from all over the world listening to it, which is really good. Shows our dealers are, I suppose, taking an interest as well as, as you say, people inside and outside of the industry. Um, we even had, we had one listener in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, okay. So hello to that one listener. Yeah, um, <laughs> shout out to Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get in touch, we'll, we'll send you a hat. We'll send you an email, come back. You're only going to um, send him a hat? <laughs> don't, don't have unlimited budget, it's all spent on this uh, podcast. Um, but yeah, other bits of feedback, some pieces of feedback. Um, one thing I suppose we all forgot about was we forgot to tell everybody what your roles are um, at Evoquip. It's <laughs> so hard to say sometimes <laughs> what we do. Uh, uh, yeah, but so, but so again, my Michael, um, my role within the Evoquip team is the training and applications manager. So I support any uh, application queries or requests or issues that come in and then I carry out application and sales training for our dealer network. Yeah, so um, I'm Andrew Armstrong and I am the product manager for Evoquip currently. So I'm a suppose over product and product strategy and and where we see ourselves going product-wise going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what, are we going, what are we going to talk about today? Podcast uh, number two. Podcast number two. Yeah. Um, I actually need to mention, I don't know why I forgot, how did I forget? A podcast exclusive we have today. We have got a juicy little tease that we're going to um, launch at the end of the podcast. So please stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Exclusive um, announcement. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I suppose probably we'll start up. What all have we been at um, this past while? Um, myself, I've been working. We've got a couple of prototype machines. I'm working quite closely with them. Um, and I've been out doing a bit of training with some of our dealers. I was actually over at Molson, and uh, then guys. You and Jamie went over, didn't me you? Me and Jamie went over to Molson, yeah. Um, and got some great feedback on the podcast actually over at Molson, and might have a couple of suspects to interview <laughs> in future podcasts. They were very, very keen. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, what about yourself, Andy? Yeah, I'm trying to think what we were doing the past couple of weeks. We went down to a Colt sixteen hundred down. Down to FGS and down south of Ireland, which was really good. Um, really, good. the weather was good, which always helps in a site visit. And a couple of good applications on site, two or three different applications. So it's really interesting. Yeah, interesting how that one goes. Really test the code sixteen hundred and different different applications yeah. for one site. Yeah, yeah, one, one to stay close to. Yeah. Um, and Declan, you had, you had quite big news yeah, since uh, the last Busy man. I was off getting married, so I've been off out of office for the past couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, got got married and. Went honeymoon to Lanzarote. 
Good. Shout out to Felicity, your, yep. your lovely wife. Yeah, the new wife. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Still mm-hmm. getting, still getting used to that. Calling <laughs> yeah. wife, but no, um, brilliant, brilliant time off, and uh, but glad to be back and on the podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll blame Declan why it took so long to get the second <laughs> episode. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So again, we have the feedback, and then what are we actually going to talk about today? Um. We got some uh, emails in, and just even talking through people, you know, even family and friends of mine, after they gave me a bit of slag, and they were very interested in what we actually do. So I think maybe it'd be good just bring it back to basics a wee bit. Apologies, maybe for people that are. Um, experience in the industry but maybe we'll bring it back and sort of explain some of the industries that we actually work in and you know what are we actually talking about when we mention crushing and screening um, so probably one of the main ones that everybody sort of knows is, is quarrying mining um, Andy do you want to give us a bit of an insight into quarrying mining yeah I suppose when, when we talk about when we think about crushes and screens what usually comes to people's minds is is big crushers and big screens working in big holes in the ground. Um, I suppose quarrying and mining is I suppose is largely the extraction of useful materials from the earth. Um, and crushers and screens are used to process that material, um, that useful material into, into aggregates. And these aggregates are usually used in the construction and building sector. And what exactly, like what would the difference actually be in quarrying and mining then? I suppose there's quite a bit of overlap there. Mining largely is, is like a closed pit hole in the ground, yeah. whereas quarrying would usually be open pit mm-hmm. um, on, on the surface. Um, both both can be used to describe aggregates and and both can be used to describe the mining or quarrying of so precious precious materials. But usually we would talk about usually we would talk about quarries that would be aggregates and mm-hmm. mines would be precious metals. There'd be some some carry over there but usually we talk about quarrying in our industry so it largely depends on the or does it largely depend depend on the type of material i I think as a density quarrying describes a mine as a closed pit and Mm -hmm. a quarry as an open pit okay so but both can be used in both both can be used for aggregates yeah and actually interesting i read a report last read a report last week I think that in the US they intend to open more closed pit mines for mm-hmm. aggregates okay. um, and, and obviously we use quarries for aggregates too yeah. um, as, as, as I say I suppose you know, you, you've got your precious metals, you've got your gold, you've got your coal, you've got your lithium mm-hmm. all those things and we would largely think about mining closed pit mines for those but they can be both I suppose okay. and then here quarrying we're talking about usually as I say we talk about quarrying in the industry and took virgin rock taken from the ground, you know, sand and gravel, river rock, granite, basalt, limestone, sandstone. You go on for hours. Please don't. <laughs> and, and then we usually use these to process, crushed and screened, and processed to be used in the construction sector. Um, as I say, the type of equipment, crushes and screens, will usually depend on the requirements, on the, on the quarry, the quarry type, type of material, and what you need. And the equipment can be, I suppose, static, mobile, or, or portable. Um, static, Terex MPS, they do their static stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, static would be crushing screens which sit stationary, and you bring the materials to them. Your mobile mm-hmm. crushing screens, they are able to move to the face or where they're needed in the quarry. And then, I suppose, portables, a bit of both. Um, they, they can be moved, but not as easy. And they tend to be moved at times, but... Yeah, so probably... It, Real simply, so those portable machines need 
a lorry or a tractor unit to, to pull it around, yeah, whereas mobile, yeah. they're nearly like, you know, uh, 17, they've got tracks, they can mm-hmm. move themselves around. Um, and then the statics, like your big, big wash plants and big Static, uh, yeah. cones and, and static yeah. Yeah. Mobile was always seen as less productive than a static plant, but suppose recent developments at the mobile plant, they now can compete in some applications and environments with the other benefit that they obviously can move to where they did in the quarry. And static plants also acquire quite a bit of structure, which obviously adds quite a bit of cost to the installation of static mm, plants. Uh, planning's a big thing too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And here, the you have to bring in a whole different team to do static plants. You know, you need a you need a construction team to do that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I suppose Finley and Parkin will argue over who did mobile plant first. I don't know if we'll ever get an answer to that question. But uh, <laughs> they debate that, do they? <laughs> so here. <laughs> and then, but here. Of we, who did mobile plant first? Yeah. Who, okay. Who, who did mobile plant first? Regardless, who done it first, Evil Cup's doing it best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> And then here we've seen since that there's been a massive growth in the mobile industry, and you know even we can see the amount of competitors and the amount of people in that amount of OEM in that space now is mm. is massive compared to those 40, 50 years ago. Um, actually, I, I read a report. Um, interestingly, uh, was it a couple of weeks ago on the UK aggregate reserves, and I was saying that in about thirty nine years is what they estimate they'll be they'll be done by which is really interesting. They were saying Scotland currently accounted for 27% of the, return, the reserves, but only 8% of the demand, which is really okay. interesting in Scotland. Um, and then I, I suppose it tied on to that, there was a report on the increased interest in, in marine aggregates, um, which is obviously likely to, likely to increase. The report said, actually interestingly, that in England and Wales, 25% of sand and gravel was from marine sources. Right. And in London, 50% of the running gravel, this marine marine services marine sources, which I find really interesting. Yeah. So what's that they reckon then? In was it thirty nine years? Thirty nine years. Our, our our current resources of aggregates in the UK will will might not be much less. Right. Yeah. So it's very specific it, as well. And it sounds thirty nine years sounds far away, but mm. it it really isn't. No. It really no. isn't. And I suppose that that shows the demand for recycling in the construction sector. I, I suppose across the world. Um, yeah, recycling's massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you, do you suppose you don't want to go a bit in that, Michael? Do you want to? Yeah, I um, recycling is a big industry for our Evo Quick machines, um, but I believe we're, we're literally only at, at the tip of the iceberg here for recycling. Um, you know, when people think of recycling, they think of your waste, you know, glass bottles, plastic packaging, scrap metals, etc. Uh, our machines are used to process these materials and allow them you know, to be easily handled, segregated, and then used for a second life. Um, yeah, I have a big interest in recycling applications for our Evo Quick machines. Um, predominantly for recycling, our machines are used in construction and demolition waste. So you're talking about your asphalt, you know, demolished buildings, construction, things like that. Um, so what happens to the building when it needs replaced? You know, once the building is demolished, there's obviously a heap of rubble. Um, this all has to be processed. You know, stuff like concrete and your steel rebar and all the materials. So, like traditionally, this would have been put onto trucks and hauled to landfill and just dumped. And um, so, like hauling, obviously, is going to take a big cost, especially nowadays with the price of fuel increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've also got the landfill cost, so you have to pay to actually dispose of all this material. Uh, and then uh, on top of that. 
uh, new fresh material needs to be brought in to replace the materials hauled away so for your next project you need your, your raw material so either you do that or um, you take the building you, uh, our machines are, are uh, transported to site and the building can be recycled or partly recycled on site using uh, our range of machines so that would be the, the main industry or the main application in recycling for our machines so, so in that case you're, you're downsizing you're reducing the amount of waste taking the landfill obviously because it's being reused yeah. but then you're also reducing the size of the waste Yep. And it's taking less trucks to take it to the waste as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but you, you, you're trying to reuse as much as you can of that it, as possible yeah. back onto site, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like the, the rubble's usually broken down into manageable sizes. Mm -hmm. You know, you get either it's demolished uh, with a blast or it's knocked down, the building's knocked down, and then it, it has to be uh, manageable sizes that go into then the crusher. So mm -hmm. then those pieces are crushed. Uh, the crusher reduces the lump sizes, you know, into usable products. Um, or a, a good size that can be processed further by another plant um, and then you can remove steel with the crusher as well we've got magnets yeah. belt magnets that, that can separate the steel out of that um, which, which obviously also can be sold you know you scrap steel exactly oh, yeah. Yeah. it can be sold then for yeah a screen or crusher with, with an ore section also then that can um, uh, provide uh, a guaranteed spec on your, mm. your waste product you know so you're crushing it down to a certain size but then once you screen it you're getting a, a specified product you know th that can be either sold again to, yeah, to, yeah. to other sites or to other customers mm. so it's not just reuse on site it can be used again um, there are massive savings that have been made uh, for the contractor big time uh, but also big benefits for you know, general uh, society like less pressure on the natural resources for one less congestion on the highway you know sitting behind trucks hauling all this um, waste around the place and uh, less pollution obviously because of that so like for these reasons there's governments that actually put in regulations that a certain percentage of new construction has to be um, made up of recycled waste so like Copenhagen for example they're like they like any new project construction project in Copenhagen have to use 30 percent uh, recycled product in, in their material and you're only going to see a bigger push for that like um, mm -hmm. right throughout Europe and the rest of the world yeah I know we're, we're seeing a big push in India aren't we too for for recycling C&D waste yeah the big push I actually uh, recently am working very closely with, with our Indian team um, we got we're demoing units out there and uh, there's a massive demand for the, the construction and demolition industry there uh, they have a lot of uh, landfill um, that needs processed and there's different reasons why it's so important you need to get rid of it like a lot of especially historically like landfills might have been they were outside of towns and cities mm -hmm. but they weren't too far away that it was going to cost the haulers company a lot of money to, to move it so but, but over time like we're talking 50 40 years ago now cities have all populations have increased cities got bigger now cities have grown to those landfill sites so yeah. this material yeah. needs, so needs processed are, people living right beside it yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Okay. which nobody wants no, no. no. <laughs> probably health risk as well yeah, yeah big time yeah and it's very contaminated like mm. we're actually lucky here I, I think um, generally our uh, construction demolition uh, material is quite um, clean but mm. uh, it seems to be pretty contaminated um, from what working with the guys in India anyway yeah. that they see that right across the board so again that's right they love our uh, Cobra impactors with the wind sifter um, yeah. to be able to, to get rid of those uh, contaminants and that mm -hmm. um, 
Asphalt then, you know, that's growing massively too uh, in the recycling. We we have a lot of machines applied into the recycling of asphalt. Um, there was a report actually, um, Andy, you sent it on to me, uh, that in the States, uh, the average amount of wrap um, used in asphalt mixtures in 2019 was around 21%. And wrap is? Wraps, like recycled or reclaimed asphalt pavement okay yeah so yeah not the music no it's not Snoop Dogg no <laughs> um, and 20% 21% sounded quite high I, I was quite impressed by, yeah, by, yeah. by that in fairness and then but California was actually one of the lowest along with taxes for recycling uh, rap uh, which I found quite interesting yeah yeah and I suppose I would have in my, my power train life I would have saw California as being really quite a stringent and very green very green state it would have been seen you know very forward thinking yeah um, so it was interesting to see that it was it was really behind the curve yeah but I believe it is that like it's the highest state for production of green energy mm. but then it's falling behind you know yeah. we, we, we classify obviously recycling as green as well so you know it's into anybody in California maybe that that uh, can Sort of alluded to that. Maybe email in to, to the podcast address. Yeah. Who who was who was top of that of that list? Ohio. Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, which, which is interesting. interesting again, yeah. Because yeah. you, you suppose you, you would have thought maybe New New York would have been quite up there, or maybe New Jersey, but Ohio was an interesting one. Yeah. Um, in the UK, then I'm not too sure if the, if there actually is, um, like you know, a regulation for the amount of uh, the percentage of recycle asphalt or whatever you need to have in. I don't think there is at all, but the 10% is typically what uh, production plants put back into um, their asphalt, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it's just because just what they're comfortable with doing, you yeah. know, their mixes. Uh, there are, I've seen, there was one uh, road reworked on and they used up to 50%, so mm-hmm. it's only going to grow there again. Like, yeah, it's only going one way. Yeah, it? exactly. Um, so, like, it is, it is a big 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 potential uh, to offer ma- massive environmental benefits you know new aggregate bitumen supplies uh, can be saved if you recycle the, the asphalt you know the old roads um, wrap is a byproduct of old roads you know so uh, definitely is a big future in using existing road networks as like as nearly the quarry for the new road you know yeah, use the yeah. old road as the quarry mm-hmm. um for an example of other recycling applications, I suppose we have a couple of cool case studies actually with uh, our Cobras being utilised in glass recycling and uh, it actually works really well with the recirc conveyor in the stockpile mode and that will screen off your the bottle tops mm-hmm. and things like that and separate that from your from your glass. So yeah. again, there's going to be a massive push, I believe, any for recycled glass, especially for like, like sand mm-hmm. production and things. We yeah. talked about marine quarrying and that earlier on but there's massive environmental um like issues would, would evolve all around that yeah. you know especially for the ecosystems and all the rest so um it's only going one way yeah with, with everything yeah yeah so like we all know the current like big push for everything sustainable and reducing our carbon footprint um, like I said we're only at the tip of the iceberg we haven't even touched the likes of landfills I, I think landfills are going to be a massive you know landfill mining if you've heard that term before it, it, it's it's going to be huge I think um, there's I've actually I was reading up on it again there's 20,000 registered landfills in the UK alone yeah, and again, it like a lot it does, yeah. Yeah. and again you're getting 
you know, t- towns are increasing, they're getting bigger, they're getting close to these landfill sites. A lot of landfills might have been close to waterways or mm. coastal, so, you know, with erosion and all that, you don't yeah. know what's going to happen with, with you know, um, uh, leakage into, into the oceans and waterways. So yeah. it, it's definitely going to be a big thing. And, and also with the demand for... I could talk for like Ian and an hour on this. Um, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> but uh, it probably does warrant another podcast, yeah. I'd say, or a oh, yeah. podcast on its own. Or, or even you could do a series in recycling. There's so much. Yeah, it, it's really interesting because spin-off the likes podcast. of yeah, huh? a spin-off podcast. Yeah, definitely. But lower reserves and um, like you, you mentioned earlier on about uh, mines. What was that? By twenty thirty-five. 30, 30, 20, 30, 20, sorry, in 39 years. Mm. In 39 years, the resources yeah. resources so like, in the UK being on the knees, essentially. Yeah, and like, you know, say another mine goes open up, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of planning, mm. a lot of legislation to go yeah. through to actually open up another quarry or mine. But like, the landfills are there, you know, they're yeah. ready to go, they've got material, like 40, 50 years ago again, stuff wasn't being recycled, people weren't even thinking about recycling, uh, so there's a lot of valuable material in the landfills. Uh, and that's the term you... I'm assuming the term you used was what landfill mining. Landfill mining, yeah, that's the they're sort of using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get those products that have been thrown away and reusing them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I suppose even we see with with Terex now in the recycling systems and the design robotics. Yeah. You know, obviously, Terex sees a, a massive growth in that market. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, so that's recycling. We probably should. Yeah, we'll, we'll think about that then for a, a podcast down the line. Yeah. Um, and if you have maybe any I just get too excited yeah. about recycling. Do you? <laughs> you love it, so. <laughs> but if you, yeah, if you do have any questions, send them in, and we can answer them on that podcast about recycling. Yeah. Or try to. Or try yeah. To. Mm-hmm. I suppose in industry news, what else is happening around the industry? Um, I don't like what I what I what I've seen. Um, I seen a, I seen an article last week about Volvo. Uh, Volvo Penta um, intend to to work with a, a company, a Belgian company, I think, CBM Tech, to develop hydrogen dual fuel engines, which is really interesting. I actually seen one. Um, they were doing the same hydrogen engines, but it was on a, a snow um, snow groomer, I think is what you call it. But it's like for, I think it's used for like you know, ski resorts and all that. That type machine for like you know making sure that the, yeah. the, the slopes are in good order. But um, there was a crowd FPT Industrial. They they were doing the same. Right. They, yeah. So because I know we 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 saw we we beyond the JCB probably you know pin their colours to the mast with with hydrogen and we see the them really go after hydrogen as the future and it's interesting to see. A few other companies now sort of dabbling their toes in hydrogen too. Yeah, definitely right around the same time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's interesting. Um, what else have we seen? A red shell have, have are investing in a consortium to to um, accelerate the use of off road vehicle electrification and batteries. I think I read that they're planning to produce a battery that charges four hundred kilowatts in ninety seconds, which is which is phenomenal mm. yeah but I just I was looking up on Bauma um, because Bauma's coming up and I see that Vo- or no Cat uh, they've got a couple of mini activators uh, electric mm. and uh, Komatsu as well they have a wee compact wheel loader going electric yeah. too and again it brings me back to that you know uh, landfill and, and bio mining yeah. thing bio mining is another term they use as well but like again they where are all these batteries going to come out of? Is it lithium you're going to need, yeah. nickel mm. and things like that? So um, it's definitely going to, all this electrification is going to push up the need for recycled products then too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. 
it's funny you, you look at the you look at news and you read about the industry you know daily and every other article or it's very rare you don't see an article a day about green energy or electrification or hydrogen or this these yeah. buzzwords are daily coming you know linkedin every 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 couple of posts you see a post about green energy in some sort yeah it's really yeah. a real push I suppose Bowman in general you touched on there Michael Bowman's yeah I'm really coming. looking forward to Bowman now um, next week we're going over um, we're different stages over. throughout the week yeah yeah. 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 Jamie and I fly out on Sunday we're Sunday to Wednesday I think I'm myself and Barry's out yeah we're Wednesday to, to Friday and then Fergal and Alex are out um, Friday to Sunday. Sunday yeah so and Sunday to Tuesday so Sunday to okay probably only one day at the show I don't know about the Tuesday if I'll have time to get to the, get to the show but I'm it's, there Monday anyway. it's the best day I hear Tuesday <laughs> probably <laughs> best day I won't be there um, but yeah we're, we're going over with uh, Morshin our dealer will be at the show they'll be exhibiting with a was it a Colt 800 Colt 800 yeah, yeah. just um, about stand FN 10.17 slash 9 mm-hmm. I hear here so yeah so, we, <laughs> apparently yeah yeah. so we, yeah we're, we're at the motion stand so here come up, come over and see us yeah, looking for, yeah you're everybody welcome to pull over and say hello and let us know what you think of the podcast yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah it'll be really interesting to see what what Bioma, what Bioma has this year you know as I say electrification seems to be the real buzzword we see rubble master pushing electrification key track seems to have those the new power unit new track power unit they have out there so uh cleaning too i think their their electric impactors coming so yeah it seems to be here electrification is a buzzword at, at Bama this year yeah it's a buzzword but people are following through with it you know they're designing machines they're there they're going to be at the show so yeah yeah um, yeah no good stuff trying to think what else has happened you didn't see and i was i was on facebook as you do be um over the weekend did you see the on, on i think it was crusher rats shout out the crusher rats here if anyone's listening um <laughs> was it the on the conveyor guys using speakers as magnets they'd say it yeah 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 <laughs> old speakers yeah. really cool really cool I think yeah it was mexico so um I that, yeah works, i love sorry. i love seeing all that you know <laughs> You know, it's not stupid if it works. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. If anybody's got any of those, if you're listening on your site, if you've got any uh, scrap heap challenge sort of uh, examples, you got send them in. Um, we'd love to talk about them. Yeah, they're, they're always interesting. You always see a few ones that surprise you, but if you say if they work, it's not stupid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't think about that. Industry wise, apart from our big secret. Oh big yes, huh? our big tease. Yeah, yeah. big announcement. So yeah. Um, Andy, I suppose you're probably uh, going to announce that. Yeah, so here at Evoquip are, are really proud and, and happy to be launching. Our Hold new on, whoa, 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 need to get out the big horn. Hold on, <laughs> this is for the big, the big launch. <laughs> Thanks. Production <laughs> values in this podcast yeah. are exceptional. Thanks. There you go. Thanks, Michael, for that. For that. Um, yeah, so here we're, we're happy to be launching our, our Bison 340 jaw crusher. Um, 34 ton jaw crusher, um, 1000 by 600 jaw, um, hydrostatic driven, so it can run backwards. Um, yeah, we're really excited to, for, a, for, for our bigger jaw. Um, it'll be the largest jaw in our range. Uh, we really think it'll be it'll work really well in, in the recycling, recycling industry. As, as we've talked a lot about it today. I've talked a lot about it, yeah, broken record on recycling. But <laughs> yeah. no, definitely a big advantage. You mentioned that they're you know, running the backwards chamber. Obviously, that's, that's a big advantage uh, for asphalt 
Um, applications, you know, it can be very sticky. Uh, so, so for clearing blockages and things like that. Yeah, clearing blockages too, yeah. But you can actually run it in reverse. Um, so, yeah, really excited for the big. Yeah, the, the, the big launch and, and big basin. I've uh, I've been on site with with jaws that didn't have the ability to run backwards, and when you get a big rock stuck, it is a pretty bad day. Yeah. So running backwards is, is a real a real benefit. You can lose a day very handy trying to get a big rock out of a jaw. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so we're we're really excited about the Bison three forty. And um, if anyone's any questions, please please feel free to reach out to the podcast or anybody on the Evo Equip team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast exclusive. Exclusive. Mm-hmm. That's our first exclusive. Hopefully, first exclusive. Yeah, because I want to get my big horn out again. <laughs> <laughs> not again, not again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. Is that it all for today? <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks very much, everybody, for listening in to our second installment of the Crush Screen and In Between podcast. If you have any questions at all or you want to get in touch, please reach out via the email address eboquip.podcast at tyrex.com. Uh, like and su- subscribe, please. And uh, see you next time. Yeah, thanks all. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>